Today's show is sponsored by the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Come take in everything that Big Easy has to offer while participating in one of the top bourbon events in the world in New Orleans, Louisiana, March 20th to 23rd, 2019. Get your early bird discount tickets now at NewOrleansBourbonFestival.com. Today's show is also sponsored by Wilson Artworks. Bourbon fans, if you're looking for heirloom quality handcrafted copper cups coated in silver, Wilson Artworks has the perfect mint julep cup or jigger for you. Check them out at wilsonjuleopcups.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bonded and Bourbon. Armand is here with the lovely Samara. How are you, babe? I'm good. I am sort of recovering from, well, I'm not recovering, but I've been like trying to stave off this cold that seems to never leave my house. My mom, my dad, my babies, they're all like sniffly nose and coughing. So I'm trying my best not to get sick, but I think I might be losing the battle here. You got to like beef up the battle, beef up your defenses. What are you doing? What are you taking? Well, you know, I've been drinking hot toddies like crazy. So I had this, you know, old recipe almost passed down from my grandmother, I want to say. I've kind of perfected it. But I've been drinking that for like the past week and a half. Um, So I don't feel sick. There have been moments where like I might lose my voice and my voice is finally coming back. But I've never gotten down from the count. And I really believe it's because the whiskey has (laughs) kept me strong. Whiskey's the breakfast of champions. (laughs) (laughs) it is it it is besides whiskey what's like the soup what what would you say would be the next most important ingredient in the toddy um so it's probably the what it really is like keeping me alive at this point is it's a few things so i make my toddies by boiling lemons and ginger and fresh ginger so I boil those um, and let the, you know, and the lemon rinds, like the pulp, squeeze all the juice and leave the pulp and the rinds in there. And so that's like probably all the vitamin C that gets into that water, plus the ginger and all the amazing health benefits from the ginger is in there too. Um, and so that's probably what's keeping me alive. Um, what else do I put in there? I put turmeric in there. I put honey. And of course, organic honey is amazing. It has great um properties like to help boost immunity and um oh Oof. i put apple cider vinegar Ugh. in there apple too cider. so <laughs> but yeah i mean you know taste the apple cider vinegar you've got so many other flavors in there but the apple cider vinegar helps to like create the healthy bacteria that your body needs to fight off the bad germy bacteria you use so the, the that's, you use the acv yeah. with with the mother in it yeah. Yeah. The good stuff. Like the stuff you had to shake it up. I'm just I, I'm one of those dome. people that yeah. just, I hate taking the medicine so much that I just really just don't try not to get sick. Like, because I do not want to get sick and, and have to take apple cider vinegar with the mother in it. <laughs> but you know, like, 
when you live with kids, like they bring home germs from school, you know, and apparently so do my parents, I guess. Sounds like the, sounds like it's, <laughs> right. Sounds like it's the parental units that are uh, the, the culprits yeah. this time. Yeah. But I've been, you know, drinking my concoction once and twice a day. That with a good dose of wild turkey. And um, I'm you here. I'm not down for the count yet. What's the wild turkey? You put oh, yeah. any? You put any like red pepper, like any cayenne, yeah. any Tabasco, anything in it? I hear some people put that in. Put those in in their no. toddies. Garlic. You can. You can put cayenne. Um, and cayenne. No, uh-uh. I don't like the smell of garlic. Uh, but you know me, I don't even like Italian food. Yes, I don't like garlic yes, is, at all. Is, right, right. Um, this is right. This is right underneath. Not knowing what Crunchy <laughs> Munch is here. This uh, not not messing. Not like an Italian food. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. it's un-American. Um, not like anyways, I'm not even going to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't? Who doesn't eat Italian food? Besides you, um, I don't like Italian food. We are so off topic, by the way. We were talking, talking about, about hot dogs, and I was just about to give Jimmy Russell's Jimmy Russell amazing praise for his medicinal uh, properties in whiskey, and then now all of a sudden we're talking yep. about yep. Italian food. Okay. Let's just, can we get focused? Can we get well, why to why we we're on, on the, the show, show today? today? What are we going to be tasting? Um, oh, that's my, that's my cue. Oh, <laughs> I threw that up to you. We're tasting Weller nice, Antique 107. Nice. So that's an exciting one um, of the ones that we've done so far. So yeah. this is a question, and we can get into this a little bit, and then we're going to go to break and get back into our tasting. Do you consider this to be a unicorn because of its scarcity, or does a unicorn have to be a premium priced in terms of uh, in terms of sticker price, not just secondary market price? You know, you, you know what I mean. So, do you consider this to be a whiskey unicorn? That is a really good question. Off the bat, my answer is going to be no. But it could be, but I think a whiskey unicorn is relative, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I really, um, I think I've written about this before, and we should totally do another show on this topic. But a unicorn is whatever your favorite bourbon is. It should not be determined by brand name and it should not be determined by how much it goes in the secondary market. Interesting. You know, so this could be somebody's uh, unicorn. Is Weller Antique 107 mine? No, not at okay. all. But um, Happy is also not a unicorn to me. You know what my unicorn is. So, um, and I'm sure my unicorn is not somebody else's they wouldn't consider that to be a unicorn either so i think it's so i guess i answered your question yes yeah. and no. And i, no I and no. think i think it's yeah for me it's probably yes and no uh, you know it's a unicorn unicorns are kind of unicorns for two main reasons one being scarcity right uh and mm-hmm. then the second 
thing is being, you know, uniqueness in terms of maybe the mash bill, maybe the, you know, the profile or, you know, the distillery, the, the release, you know, the release year, however it was made. Those, I would think, are the two main factors that make a unicorn. This is certainly, it certainly fits the qualification in terms of scarcity. Um, right. Other than that, I mean, it is a, it is a weeded bourbon. I mean, it's, I mean, there are a lot of weeded bourbons out there. So from right. that perspective, um, it wouldn't meet the qualifications. So I kind of, my answer is kind of yes and no as well to it, but it was just a thought I had, yeah. just, you know, a question about it, but I look forward to getting into the tasting on the other side of the break. And so we're going to, we're going to do that and we'll be right back. This is Bonded in Bourbon. Now for a bit of bourbon lore brought to you by the Stave and Faith Society, where you can study and deepen your enjoyment of America's native spirit while becoming an executive bourbon steward. While bourbon cannot have anything added to it aside from water and still retain the name bourbon, other whiskeys aren't so constrained. Scotch can have coloring added, and Canadian whiskey can have both color and flavor added. The most common additive is called caramel coloring because of its mouthwatering amber glow. And where is the world's largest maker of caramel coloring base? Louisville, Kentucky. So even when you're drinking something other than bourbon for some reason, you may well be sipping another product from the heart of bourbon country. And that's just one of the many pieces of bourbon history, trivia, and myth you'll learn on your way to becoming an executive bourbon steward with the Stave and Thief Society. Sign up for a class today at staveandthief.com. On behalf of the Stave and Thief Society, I am Samara of Bonded and Bourbon. Armand, tell listeners about The Bar to Go. They've been a longtime sponsor, but people still may not know what they're all about. The Bar to Go features handcrafted American-made traveling mini bars. These canvas or leather pouches will carry everything you need to make a cocktail or take along with your favorite 50 milliliter bottles of bourbon. These things make great gifts for men or women, and you can check out the complete lineup at thebartogo.com, and that is the number two in the web address. Be sure to use the coupon code ABVN to get 30% off your order. Welcome back, everybody, to Bonnet and Bourbon. Armand and Samara about to dive into Weller Antique 107 here. So, um, Babe, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, um, you know, Weller Antique 107, Weller is a part of the Buffalo Trace Distillery and um, one of their portfolios. And, you know, Buffalo Trace has an amazing portfolio of um, E.H. Taylor, the Stags, Wellers, the the Van Winkles, Happy Van Winkle, Blantons, um, and the list goes, Elmer T. Lee, and the list just goes on and on and on. Um, so, and then of course, Buffalo Trace and also 1792, they're all underneath the Buffalo Trace distillery. Um, so they've got an amazing portfolio of whiskeys, but um, this one is Weller. And just a little background on Mr. William LaRue Weller. He was born in 1825. And I thought this was really interesting. Um, you know, he started the, you know, a, whis- a whiskey uh, wholesale li- liquor 
business. That's how he got into this in the um, 1800s. Um, and he decided to take this mash bill. And instead of using rye, like most whiskey was being made during that time period, he uh, used wheat instead. So like we talked about, this is a weeded bourbon. Um, and that's what is going to definitely give, you know, interesting flavor notes uh, when we do our review in a minute. Um, but one thing it's, uh, you know, I was doing research on him and he is reported to have used the slogan, honest whiskey at an honest price. <laughs> and, <laughs> and <so, laughs> You're not going to have to laugh at this because you cannot find Weller yeah. for, a, for an honest price <laughs> in 2018. <laughs> Right. Um, right. So um, this particular bottle is supposed to retail for 25 bucks. Um, in Los Angeles, I can't find Weller for under 60. Um, what about you in Atlanta? If you can find Weller. In Atlanta, I, I can't find yeah. it in Atlanta. I can't. I, I The places that I go and I've got probably a rotation, what, probably about four or five different places that I go, but they just right. they don't have it. So we can't, you can't right. find it at all. So I don't know, I don't know what it sells for. <laughs> you don't know what it sells for because you haven't seen it. Like, but yeah, like, in, yeah, in, we're talking about unicorns, right? Earlier, and you, you know, it's tis the season of when everybody stands in line and waits for their number to be called in some sort of lottery, and then they get to take a special bottle home. Like, the twenty-five dollar bottle of Weller Antique ends up on that same auction block, you know, for the or that lottery block, and people stand hours waiting to get this. $25 bottle, you know? Um, and right. one of the ways that, you know, we found this bottle in particular um, was actually through a store pick. And that's pretty much the only way I've been able to have any sort of success in getting um, any sort of Weller or any of the other things that, you know, are often allocated by Buffalo Trays um, is you've got to go through the retailer himself. And if they've got a barrel pick or a store pick, then you can snag one and it's got their label on it. Um, but for the most part, you you and I know that the way the barrel pick, the barrel program works with most of the brands, except for Maker's Mark, is that it's a part of their regular inventory. And you just get a chance to pick the barrel out of that inventory that you want to, you know, have in your store. So um, this, um, so here's the mash bill, 70% corn, 16% wheat and 14% malted barley. Um, oh, it, uh, no rye. Remember, no rye. that was his whole thing. He switched the rye for the wheat. Mm -hmm. So yep, no it's corn, wheat, and barley. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't have an age statement on it, but it's somewhere around seven years at, of course, 107 proof. And um, some people say that this has the same mash bill as um, Rip Van Winkle tenure. Ah. Uh, yeah. Some so, people say. Some people, it's not like definitive, but it's probably most likely sort of correct that it's the same exact match okay. as Rip Van Winkle right. tenure. Well, we're going to get into the tasting of it and... See how we like yeah, it. Let's go. So, what did you think about appearance? Um, the appearance, you know, it's it's a it's a beautiful um, dark amber color. You know, um, <laughs> we kind of talked about this off um, in between the break. How you know all the bourbons 
Like, how do you, how many ways do you find a way to describe what bourbon looks like? Um, but, you know, we did this uh, a side-by-side comparison with like Mika and E.H. Taylor Small Batch. And then we put um, the bottle of Weller 107 next to it. And it's it's definitely dark. You can see the, the variance in the color. And so it is more of a dark amber. And um, this is in the red label for Weller, you know, which is easily identifiable. So, um, yeah, it's good appearance. It's, you know, if you see it, you know that you immediately need to grab it. You know, what about, what do you think? Yeah, I I mean, I I mean, I thought it was kind of a darker caramel color. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, in terms of the, the, in terms of the appearance, it was just rather, I guess, middle of the road in terms of as it's not, it wasn't excessively dark uh like some of like some that that we've tasted and it certainly wasn't uh very light or bright like some of like they even like some of the scotches or some of the others that we that we've rated so um i thought it was kind of middle of the road in terms of the the color uh the bottle i thought was uh i mean it's a distinct bottle Mm -hmm. right because i mean the weller bottles you know the way that they look and you know when and the label certainly uh emphasizes the wheat uh, the fact that it's a weeded bourbon, um, the bottle is a twist off cap, no cork. It's twenty five dollars. No cork. You, no cork. Like, well, not twenty five dollars. Like <laughs> a twenty five dollar like, bottle does not afford a cork. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's not. It, it's not twenty five dollars. Right. So it's you know, but I just, you know, that's something that you know, if you think about it. I mean, what is this episode fifteen? Yeah. We haven't done any twist right. off. We haven't done any twist that's offs. True. So, um, that's in that's that's interesting. And then also, uh, I wonder if that has any type of impact in terms of you know with the corks, you mm. know, sealing, making the bottles airtight. Um, and I wonder if the having the twist off has any kind of impact on that. So um, that was that was interesting for me. Uh, in terms of the appearance. Now, moving on to the nose, I got obviously very strong wheat <laughs> on the first on the first whiff of it. I mean, really strong, <laughs> really strong wheat, like a almost like a opening up a box of wheat checks, mm-hmm. and you just kind of put your nose in it and you smell it. It was very very strong wheat. Also, I got some yeah. vapor you know, on, on, on the nose. It wasn't all sitting. And I, you know, I didn't, you know, put it right up to my nose and inhale very heavily. I kind of just let it waft, wafted it underneath, you know, really below my, below my mouth actually. Uh, but still was still caught a little yeah. bit of vapor uh, on the nose. But then once that, once that, uh, once that subsided, uh, I got almost a, some peachy nice. notes on the nose. So um, I thought it was pretty pleasant. What about you? I got cherry. But wheat often, for me, uh, I think wheated bourbons often register as cherry for me. Um, And, uh, you know, I I didn't eat cereal as a kid. So I don't know what I'm like. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm going to have to get better. I'm going to have to eat everything out of the grocery store so I can do these podcasts. Um, But, you know... I, I right. got a, a sweet cherry note um, and I, I was able to pick up the corn and I thought it had a sweet corn and cherry um, note right off the top. 
Um, and then I also, I, you know, what you say is vapor for me. I wrote down leather. I, I picked up leather immediately with this. Um, and the longer it sat and mm. opened up, you could really smell um, the oak. It's, it's, it's got, for it to only be seven years, I thought it was very heavy in the oak. Um, the oak nose, the nosing on that. So, um, yeah, cherry, corn, leather, and oak. For the taste... Um, I also picked up um, candy cherries on that too. Um, and maybe even um, like some brown sugar and licorice. And um, it was definitely warm. What do you think? Uh, for me on the taste, so I got the what you're talking about with your cherry on the nose. I got that on the taste. It wasn't cherry. I got more of a plum. But I got also kind of other red fruit. I, I, I have here in my notes. I, I was a... a so it could, I mean, it could have been a raspberry, could have been a cherry, could have been a little strawberry, um, you know, but yeah, red fruit I got on the, on the palate. Uh, also a light hint of chocolate that goes along really? with that red fruit. Um, okay. And not anything overpowering and definitely not like a dark chocolate that you get that you think of it as kind of uh, bitter, a little bitter and kind of dry. Mm -hmm. It was almost like a, a sweeter chocolate, but a light chocolate. Uh, and mm -hmm. then the wheat that I got on the tongue um, was a little different from the nose. When, like I said, on the nose, it was kind of like how I smelled like the wheat check cereal uh, yeah. on the nose. But on the tongue, it was more like fresh baked bread. And so that was very inviting. That was very enjoyable and got that kind of more as it passed along to the back of the palate. So initially I got the plum, I got the, the, the red fruit uh, and then got the chocolate that went along with that. And then as it continued to pass back, the wheat again began to dominate. Uh, but it was in more of a, like I said, like a bread, loaf of bread kind of way. And so I thought it was really, really, really enjoyable on the mouthfeel. I, um, it was viscous, I thought, um, almost sticky, I would say, yeah. uh, which is interesting because when I think of something that's going to be sticky or when I usually when I, especially if it's a bourbon, if I'm going to have it where it kind of has that feeling in my mouth, I usually am going to pick up some type of syrup or sorghum or maple or something yep. like that. Yep. But I did not get, I did not get any of that, but I still got that, 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 that stickiness. Uh, which was which was fine, which was good. I thought it was medium bodied. It covered my uh, covered my mouth uh, fairly readily, uh, uh, and you know it was it was enjoyable. What about you? Um, I got. I said it was medium viscous, like medium viscosity. Um, it was rich, okay. like you said. Like I felt like it was a rich and it had some texture to it, although it didn't have those maple syrup and sorghum notes that we're used to. Um, and and I did it. I I pulled an Armand move, I looked at the legs and I'm starting to now look and see like if the legs are, you know, if they're quick legs, if it drips down really quickly, or if it, you know, takes a while. And that typically will tell you how much sugar is in that, um, in the spirit itself too. And it has quick legs. So I did that experiment. Um, but yeah, it was rich and it was medium. Um, and it was, it was, there was a little bit of heat on that. I really picked up a lot of, of I won't say a lot, but I definitely picked up some fire. Um, and on the, on the, on the, the mouthfeel as a part of that. And, but then I didn't get it on the finish. I didn't, you know what I mean? Like it was just all in the mouth. So I picked up some heat 
there. Um, and that took a little bit of adjusting for me because I wasn't expecting that little bit of a fireball that it had in it. Um, but no, on the finish, I actually said I had a, f- a smooth finish and um, it kind of ends on the dry side. So I, hmm. you disagree? So on the, for me on the finish, I thought it was very warm, um, but not hot. Mm. Just just right up to the line. Um, really warm, not hot. Thought it was medium length, so which is fine. That's what we like. I prefer a medium length. Uh, didn't stay yeah. too long. Um, and but I, th- I thought it was a good, a good solid, solid finish. Um, remembering that it's you know 107 proof. Yeah. And really trying to, you're really trying to uh, keep that in mind. I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good solid. Yeah, finish. I mean, and that's what I said. I said with the finish, I said it has heat, but it's not overpowering. You know, so I expected to kind of pick up a little bit of that hug, but it wasn't, um, it didn't knock you off your socks. It wasn't anything that was too much, Um, but it ended quickly for me. And then it went more to the dry side, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. Well, yeah, I can't wait to hear these scores then. Um, So we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back and give you our scores for Weller Antique 107. This is Bonnet and Bourbon. Hey, babe, there's a lot going on in the world of bourbon right now. Are we planning any trips? We sure are. I'm working on our trip to the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival. But wait, that's not until March 20th through the 23rd, 2019. Why would we be working on that one already? The New Orleans Bourbon Festival has gotten so popular. It's a year-round event. Barbara and Tracy are hard at work getting everything lined up. And to prepare, they put an early bird ticket price out there right now where you can enjoy the cheapest ticket prices of the year. Plus, if you're considering a VIP experience, those tickets are going fast. I think people want to start working on their own plans to attend the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Where do they need to go and what do they need to do? Get your early bird discount tickets now for the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival at NewOrleansBourbonFestival.com. We'll see you there. Welcome back to Bonded and Bourbon. Armand and Samara just finished tasting Weller Antique 107. We are back to give our rating. So, babe, won't you start out with your score for appearance? Well, you know, this is an easily identifiable bottle of Weller, and people literally hunt and search for this whole entire series. You know, they want to have the entire collection, the the Special Reserve, um, the 12-year um, the 107, even um, the the new one that they came out with, you know, choose your own, uh, your own barrel. Um, so that, perfect. yeah, perfect, 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 perfect barrel. I couldn't remember the P. Thanks. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so so that's the whole line, and they're all, you know, they're all looked at beautifully together with the with the green, the black, the um, the red, and now and then the white label for uh, CY. PB. So, um, you know, for that, it's consistent. And um, yeah, that screw top is a little, 
it really shows the, the true value that it's supposed to be. Um, I gave it a seven. What do you, what do you think? I, so I gave it a six for appearance. Um, I ah. thought that the, uh, I thought the color was, I mean, it, it kind of was, it kind of is what it is. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't something, you know, we, I always use the term that the, you know, the color of the legs, something like inviting to me. It wasn't necessarily that it just, you know, it was kind of there, the bottle, although certainly it is a, you know, the shape of the bottle is unique to Weller, um, you know, I, I think the, I found it to be, I, I would say, rather nondescript. That was kind of the uh, way that I thought about it. And then the screw, the screw mm-hmm. top. Uh, I cannot give a bottle with a screw top the same rating that I give a bottle with a cork. Uh, and so that was how I came up with a six on the appearance. But on the nose, I did give it a pretty good score. I gave it an eight on the nose. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it had the strong wheat, uh, wheat you know, initially, but then that gave way to the, like I said, the peachiness and I did get a little bit of vapor on it, uh, which, you know, probably why I didn't end up giving it a nine or a 10, but I, overall, I thought it was a really, really, really good combination of aromas on the nose. What about you? Yeah, I gave it a seven and I, um, I agree with you. It does have a good combination and, you know, the cherry, um, is something that, you know, we haven't talked about nose and, you know, nosing um, bourbons in a while, bourbons and whiskeys in a while. Um, so it was a pleasant surprise to to be able to immediately pick that up. And um, I really did enjoy the aroma of the heavy oak. Um, and yeah, the vapor was a little heavy, but um, it's still an interesting note to pick up, you know, so that leathery yeah. vinyl, that vinyl nose. It's, um, it's, it's, it was good. So I gave it a seven. Um, I also gave it a seven on taste too. And, um, and I thought it was, it was okay. It was, it was, it was good. And, you know, it still carried right on through with the candied cherries and the brown sugar. Um, it it does still have that alcohol bite for me. I'm like that oak bite, you know, I won't call it an alcohol bite. I I will Mm. say it's kind of got like a bite of that oak. Um, and it was warm. So a seven. What do you think? I gave it a nine on the taste, actually. I thought that really? the taste, I thought it was just very good. I thought that, you know, with the plum and, and the other red fruit, the bouquet of red fruit uh, initially on the palate, followed that with like a nice little light bite of milk chocolate and then, you know, finishing off with the uh, with the taste of the wheat coming back to the front, like a loaf of uh, warm, fresh bre- fresh baked bread. Uh, I thought that, you know, all those combined together make a really, really positive tasting experience. I thought that um, I thought it was very, very tasty, very good. I gave it a nine on the taste. Um, wow. On the mouthfeel, I gave it an eight. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought that, you know, like I said, it, I, it was pretty unique that it had kind of that sticky mouthfeel without the maple and the sorghum and those yeah. flavors coming in. It was medium bodied, which is what I like. Uh, and uh, and it was pretty, you know, because it was pretty viscous, pretty sticky. So I gave it an eight on the mouthfeel. What about you? Um, I gave it an eight, too. Nice. I did. I gave it an eight. I thought it was rich. Um, and like you said, it had some weight to it, although it wasn't sweet or like, you know, heavy, you know, syrup, you know, flavors or even on the nose. We didn't pick up any. We, we didn't talk about picking up a lot of sugar on the nose either. Um, and no. so, yeah, 
really, I, I gave it an eight. And, you know, th- that heat definitely took a while for me to get used to. Um, but of course, it's 107. It's 107 proof. So um, I was just very, really surprised at first. But it's, you know, once you get used to it, it actually really is a good sip. Um, so I gave it an eight. Um, and I gave it an eight on the finish, too. Okay. I did. I thought it was, um, I liked how it still had that heat, how it had that punch of 107, um, but it still ended up very smooth and dry. It wasn't, it, it didn't really linger long for me at all. Um, and it, it just, it was, it was good. It was like, ah, oh, that was good. You know? Yeah. I was going to ask you, so did you enjoy uh, the dry but when you talk, when you ref, when you make reference to it, it, it ended up kind of dry. Was that enjoyable? For it you? wasn't. Un- I think it's actually a little bit unusual for me. Um, but maybe that's why you know, because I'm sure we've had other dry bourbons, but I've never mentioned it before. But this one was noticeable for me. Um, so it was interesting. Um, okay. Was an interesting feeling, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I I really enjoyed the heat on it um and i just it didn't but it doesn't mm-hmm. overpower you it just lets you know it's present well i so. i gave it an eight on the finish as well uh i thought the finish was very warm but just went right up to that line of hot which is fine um yeah. as long as it doesn't cross that line i th- so i thought it was very it's like they they knew yeah. where they knew where the line was they walked right up to the line but they didn't cross it so i thought it was very warm uh, medium length, really good winter. I would say, uh, uh, you know, it's it's pretty cold here mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Really good winter bourbon, which I personally don't often think of weeded as being that um, because of the 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 sweetness, like I said, that I get from the wheat. Uh, and like I said, I picked up the fruit, the fruitiness that I that, and the chocolate that came forward. So having such a, a, a warm finish, I thought was a, a bit surprising, but in a good way. And so I gave it an eight, an nice. eight for the finish. So uh, overall, I thought it was a really, really, really solid pour, really, really good, good, good bourbon. So um, what you come up with for your final total score? Um, I came up with a thirty-seven. A thirty-seven. You? Yeah. Not bad at all. I uh, I came up with a thirty-nine. Oh. Came up with a thirty-nine, and so combined that gives us what a seventy-six. So it's okay. a, good, a good solid score there. Uh, particularly yeah. if you can actually get a hold of it at uh, its regular <laughs> as its retail price, uh, right. it's a good solid score. Uh, yeah, I can't say that I would recommend paying two hundred dollars for it on the secondary, no. uh, but I, I think it, it, it's it's a it's a good bourbon. It's fairly complex. Like I said, you, I got you know you get the red fruit, you get the wheat, you know you get a little bit of chocolate, you get you know even a, like I said a little peach on the nose, and you still get a really strong, powerful, uh, powerful finish that stays with you for a little while. So I think that uh, overall, you know, seventy six is a good. Good solid score, babe. Yay. All right. All right. So uh, what else do we have going on? Mm, well, you know, we released the details for our excursion to Louisville um, in April 2019. And that what that released on Wednesday or Thursday of last week. 
And yeah. we only, we've almost sold that trip out. We only have six more seats left um, on that trip. So our max capacity was 25. We've already sold, you know, a tremendous amount. Plus our staff is going and there is only six more slots available on that trip. So super excited. I plan, I think we'll have this trip completely sold out in the next week or by the end of this week. Um, you know, once the members find out, cause I haven't, I haven't even told them yet. And now we're telling all of our listeners, um, through the podcast about it. So yeah, if you're interested in joining us for an amazing three day experience in Louisville, uh, August 26th through the 28th, uh, please go on to our website, blackbourbonsociety.com and look under exclusive excursions and you can find out more details there, um, and secure your spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. um the date's April twenty sixth. It was April April twenty sixth. Yes, yeah, yeah, April twenty sixth to twenty eighth. Just want to make sure that we said that we thought. I think Did we I said say August. August sorry. Um, yeah, it's a, April twenty sixth to twenty eighth. Six tickets remaining. Um, yeah. and I mean amazing. Yeah, amazing experiences um, with Jim Beam Urban Stillhouse. They are going to do an amazing private tasting with us. And um, also a cocktail uh, mixology experience where we will be making our own cocktails um, with them. And then on Saturday, I mean, Woodford Reserve has just rolled out the red carpet for us. Their master distiller, Chris Chris Norris, is um, taking us all up and through the distilleries, even, you know, up into some of the rack houses. Um, And we've got some special tastings and their executive chef is making us lunch. Like we've just got so many surprises with this trip. Um, I would totally... Um, don't, if you're even thinking about going on this trip, just go ahead and put down your deposit. You do not want to miss out on this amazing experience. Yeah. I mean, and like we said, any, if you, you talk to anybody about who went on the last trip, um, it, it was a tremendous experience. It was quite enjoyable. And we aim to, we aim to build on that. So, I yeah. mean, there, every, this experience is going to be, it's going to top that experience. So, and we yeah. want to do that every time we offer you guys an experience, we want it to be better than the last one. So, um, you know, this one is going to be, uh, one for the one, one for your memory. So definitely go ahead get your tickets and we'd love to see you guys out there. Yep. 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 Anything else, babe, tell everybody how they can get in touch with us and, uh, and reach out. Well, I, we would love for you to rate and review our show. We, you know, every time I'm out and about and people find out that um, I'm one of the podcast co-hosts for Bonded and Bourbon, we always get tremendous accolades and praise and people say, you know, how they are catching up on all of the series and they, they're binge listening to us, babe. Isn't that amazing? Um, so <laughs> um, as you continue to listen to all of our shows, please rate and review and let us know um, if we are, you know, impacting your purchasing decisions. And if you like us and all of that, um, definitely leave us a review on um, your podcasting streaming station. Um, Also, you can catch up on old shows on the abvnetwork.com and also bondedandbourbon.com. And yeah, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, and um, we'll see you next week, right? Yep, we will uh, be back next week. We'll do another tasting, another review. We haven't quite decided. We've got it narrowed down to a couple, uh, but 
whatever we decide, it'll be interesting. You guys will enjoy it. So yeah. uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Until then, this has been Bonded and Bourbon. Enjoy your week. Stop. Armand, why would someone be interested in a still from Moonshine Still Pro? Well, there are those that want distilled water, and the stills from Moonshine Still Pro certainly can do that. Others like the idea of a still in their man cave or she shed. I mean, is it really complete without one? Finally, there are those that are trying to tap into the rebellious American spirit, like was exemplified during the Prohibition era, as people gathered to connect and share a drink. No matter what your personal need for a still is, Moonshine Still Pro has a still that suits it, and they have parts that you can't find at your local hardware store if you're trying to build your own. I think people want to know more. Where do they need to go? You can find Moonshine Still Pro at www.moonshinestillpro.com. They also have a secret insider site, www.knock3times.com, with the number three, where they often have discount codes and other secret insider content. Bonded in Bourbon is part of the ABV Network. For more information or to advertise on the show, please log on to abvnetwork.com. Bonded in Bourbon is created by Bowen Zell Productions.